Welcome to the Arrogant Healthcare Marketing Bastards podcast for the week of May 13th, 2013. This is episode number 193, and I'm Adam Meyer, Creative Director at Interval, joined today remotely by... Robert Prevo, Senior Account Director at Interval. And Jackie Ritaco, Account Manager with Interval. Happy Tuesday, guys. Well, Tuesday for us. Yeah, who knows Monday, what day it is for Probably other Monday people. If, Monday for everyone, Monday-ish for everyone else. Assuming yes. we get this thing up on time. Well, actually, I think we're posting it this week, but we can talk about that later. How was that? <laughs> did we? Yeah, I suppose we didn't have a show last week, so we should probably get this one up this week, huh? Yeah. So, yeah, that's so yeah, happy that's Friday, everybody. So happy <laughs> Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Everyone's it's, looking uh, forward yeah. to the weekend. Yes, mm-hmm. indeed. Updates. Do we have any? Um, Joe Public Retreat. That's kind of a big guy. It yeah, is. Right around the corner. Coming right up in June. The 19th to the 21st, I believe. Is that correct? That, that is, is correct. correct. So sign up or check it out at joepublicretreat, joepublicretreat.com if you haven't already. That can't be the only update we have. I was oh, the, uh, where were you guys? You guys were just at something, the forum. Yeah, we that were in Scottsdale correct. at the forum. That was uh that was a good time had by all, wouldn't you say, Jackie? Yeah, I definitely think so. I was there for a good four nights, so it was it was a bender. <laughs> <laughs> Did you no. and there was a branding at the bar episode as well yeah. at this sucker, is that right? Yes, there was. It was on Monday night, um, after kind of the conference um events had ceased. We had a branding at the bar, um, yeah, just actually really close to the conference location. And I think we had about 40-ish people show up. And three lucky winners walked away with an iPad mini. And nice. played some really fun trivia. And yeah, it was actually a great turnout and it was a great time. Was it so, uh, trivia winners who got the iPad or iPads or were those random winners? They were the trivia winners. Yes. Yeah, so you had to answer the people who answered the most correct questions from the quiz, from the trivia, which... The trivia had some healthcare marketing related stuff in it, but then it also had some really ridiculously random <laughs> questions in there. So it was a total <laughs> crapshoot. Um, but yeah, the three women, winners were three ladies. So women represent. We know our nice. trivia. So was, yeah, we, there were some smarty pants in the crowd. That's for sure. Some pretty impressive scores. Mm-hmm. Well, I would have known kind of like, none of the answers. Was it, was it branding related or healthcare related questions? Some of them were. For the most part, yeah. And then some of them weren't. What was, I don't know, we can't, I don't even know if we can reiterate what they were. Some of them were so ridiculous. <laughs> well, one, you know, it was relevant at the time because the, the Minnesota Wild were still in the, the NHL playoffs. But uh, one question was, what is the name of the Minnesota Wild mascot? Adam, do you know that? Ah. Uh... You did have multiple choice options, by the way, during branding at the bar. Um, God, I have no idea. I didn't even know there was a mascot. I mean, I know what their thing is. <laughs> it's like either. a like a wolf head or something, it's, isn't it? It's not. It's not Steve. It's not. That's your thing. <laughs> is it Brad? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> what is it? Like a big puck, a stick. Do you, do you remember which one it was, Robert? Isn't it? Uh, it's Nordy. Oh yeah. Oh, that sounds right. Yeah. What is it, though? Yeah, what the heck? Is it like a wolf? 
I have no clue. No. I mean, what I is the even. wild? Is it what the hell is that thing? I thought it was a what wolf a terrible head. Minnesotan. <laughs> I know. Well, <laughs> not a huge hockey fan, and I am technically a transplant, so I'm going to cut myself a little slack. <laughs> Does Montana <laughs> even have a hockey team? No, they've got some, you know, some minor league hockey, but we are void of any major league sports teams for the most part. Yeah. So I grew up a Vikings fan. How about that? Now I live here. No, there you go. Yeah. Oh. Um, but yeah, no, it was a, I think overall it was a great conference. I think the, you know, the sessions and the content, um, was good. Had a lot of good feedback from the people I talked to too, that they enjoyed it. So Overall, I think everyone had a good time. Good. Are we going to be doing uh, branding at the bar at Shishmid this year, or don't we know yet? You know, I believe that we are in the works to do another one at Shishmid, yes. All right. So, so get your drinking shoes or hat ready. Get your trivia hats on, <laughs> Your people. trivia brain. <laughs> but speaking of the forum, you know, we went, there were a lot of good sessions. And one that, uh, one that I sat in on that I thought was interesting was talk about basically mobile usage stats. And it was a guy from Google who talked about kind of some of the trends that they're seeing. And and none of it was real surprising, but it was interesting to see some numbers um, put to, you know, things that I think we all know in terms of, you know, how people are increasingly using mobile. Um, A couple little nuggets uh, that he shared. And again, this is from a study that that Google conducted with, uh, in partnership with Compete, um, but he'd noted that there are 7 billion people on the earth and 2 billion are connected to the internet. So as we think about the opportunity that's out there, certainly um, that is pretty large. Mm-hmm. Um, and in terms of specifically health-related searches that take place, for the last three years there's been about a 20% um, year-over-year increase in health-related searches. So I think that's you know certainly relevant to, um, to, to our audience, audiences for sure. And in fact, the the one that I, I found most interesting is that, you know, in, in 2011, three quarters of the searches were done via desktop and, and about a quarter of them were on uh, mobile devices. Mm-hmm. Um, and this year, at this point in time, it's about 50-50. Mm-hmm. So again, people are just starting to use mobile devices much, much more. And that continues to to grow. So um, yeah, that, definitely some interesting stats. Yeah, I'm looking at the slide right now for that um for mobile queries, so the title in the slide, mobile is driving this growth. Mobile queries to exceed desktop as early as June of 2013, so next That's month. coming up. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's interesting to look at the, um, at the because it's a, it's a chart with two lines indicating um, the trend. So mobile going up, of course, desktop. Desktop looks like, I mean, it's kind of been sporadic. It like kind of goes up and down and up and down, um, but definitely looks like it's a slight downward trend for, for desktop search yeah. moving forward after June or even starting before that. But then mobile is just projected to keep on screaming upward. Holy crap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Desktop almost peaked. <clears throat> it looks like in 2011 sometimes. That's some, yeah, or 12 maybe. I'm not, it's hard mm-hmm. to tell what exactly that is right there, but yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, you know, we've been, we've been, We've mentioned talking that about the, yeah. I mean, I, I'm trying to remember. I was, I was trying to, I was racking my brain trying to remember who we've cited in the past with these. Probably Luke Rabluski, uh, LukeW.com. He uh, he is the uh, uh, mobile first uh, type of dude in the web development community, and um, we cite statistics from him quite often. So I'm going to guess if we've cited 
<clears throat> I know well, I know we have, and I'm going to guess that's been the source. So if you want to get your uh, stats on um, outside of this stuff, I would check out his website too. So what else? I mean, it looks like there was... Um, so looking at think... the top categories for like the top search categories for mobile searches and um, well, arts and entertainment looks like is number one at 15%. Mm-hmm. And of course, Not news, shocking. shopping, food, tech, and healthcare comes in right at around 6%. Right. You know, I think the other big thing that, um, that certainly jumped out at me was something that we've been talking about for a long time. And it's the whole, it's basically, you know, the importance of a responsive website, you know. So as more people use mobile, you know, according to this survey, it was 72% of users said that a mobile-friendly site is important. And 60% of people, um, actually patients specifically, abandon their search if the site they visit is mm-hmm. not mobile-optimized. So again, mm-hmm. we've been hammering on this for, you know, years, really. Um, but I think it just speaks to how that experience is so frustrating uh, if you're on your phone and, you know, you pull up a site and it's you're trying to slide back and forth to to see the whole screen. Just, you know, a little thing. But, you know, a lot of people are just saying, screw it, you know, I'm, I'm going to find another site with that information. Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, we're, and we're, you know, I I, th- I think we're moving into this this period of time where it's really, there's not an excuse anymore for not having mobile optimized content. You know, I think for, for probably the last few years, you know, especially in our industry, people have been getting there slowly. Um, it's going to take many years for, <laughs> for many people to still to get there even after today. But mm-hmm. we're, I think the, that window of, you know, there was, this, there was this window of time where it was like, you know, okay, well, let it slide. You know, you've got, you know, this is, this is new. We know healthcare kind of lags behind. Um, but I don't know. I think that, you know, I'm not going to put hard dates on it here, but I think that window of time is closed. And I think that we're at the point now, uh, and these statistics are showing that if you, you know, if you don't have your act together and you're not delivering content to people for, um, for their devices, then it's potentially going to hurt your bottom line. Mm -hmm. Very true. So get on it. Right. So what else? There's a lot of interesting data in this presentation. I see a slide here that, you know, about women in healthcare and mobile health specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, 44% of U.S. women have a smartphone. I'd be curious to just, I mean, I know the slide is specifically about women, but what percentage of men have a smartphone and how different that might be? I mean, I'm assuming maybe it's not very different, but. <clears throat> yeah, I'm not sure. It would be interesting to compare. What, mm-hmm. um, and where, where does, what, what's the, is, it, is that 18 and over? I'm assuming they're going with on that. Gosh, you'd think so. Doesn't specifically stay, say here. Based on a like Kaiser Family a, Foundation. Yeah. Yeah, 23% of women have downloaded a health app and 33% access health information by phone compared to 16% just two years earlier. So. I mean, that's pretty remarkable to to double essentially, and again, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of the context for this is health information, and I think you're just seeing that continues to to grow. So it's interesting. And the dude who did this presentation was he from Google? Yeah, his name was Brian Cusack, and he is the industry director of health services at Google. Okay, and it sounds like this is a relatively new 
kind of department as they try to to work more closely with with healthcare organizations. Um, and so it's, it sounds like they're just really kind of you know getting this area set up within Google. Okay. Yeah, I knew they had ditched their. Um, did he talk about? Probably didn't. But did he talk at all about um, Google had an online health records service set up a while ago? It was kind of. It That's wasn't. Right. It was. Yeah. There were some organizations I think had had kind of tapped into it and were using it um, on an organizational level for patients, but at, mostly it was for people to manage their uh, health information kind of on an individual level. Um, mm-hmm. they scrapped it. I can't remember. I mean, as, as they're want to do, they scrap a lot of, they scrap a lot of things. They try things, they see if it works, they see how, how people grab onto it and use it. Um, and they, they don't hesitate to ditch things. Uh, and that was one of the yeah, things I that, that they abandoned. Yeah. He, he didn't talk about that, but I do remember when that, that, uh, was announced a while back. Um, yeah, I, it wasn't a very, it wasn't a great product. I mean, I try, I tested it out. I just, cause I, was at the time was actually looking for a way to keep track of immunizations and, you know, mm-hmm. just is kind of a pain in the butt to try to keep that information centralized as a consumer. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I remember trying to use it and it was not, I mean, if user experience was, um, you know, one of the reasons that it failed, I wouldn't be surprised because it was not mm-hmm. exactly a joy to use. <laughs> That'll have an effect. Yeah. But, um, you know, I've and I, I shared a, when we were when we were talking about some of these numbers um, for the podcast earlier this week. Uh, I had shared um, just uh, some experiences uh, recently. Actually, I might have to cue this up with just a little more mm-hmm. detail on <laughs> before I jump into my Great wife's segue. mobile phone habits. <laughs> um, yeah, well, my wife and I have been um, essentially living out of Children's Hospital uh, here in the Twin Cities. There's a couple of them. We've been, actually been in both now. Um, for like the last, I think we're on 43 days now. Um, it was one wow. of our, <clears throat> one of our kids, our six month old son. Um, originally we had, when we went to the hospital, um, originally was diagnosed with a viral pneumonia, uh, which then, um, ended up in, well, I, I guess, I guess I'm not, I don't want to go too deep into it, but we ended up spending a lot of time in the ICU, um, several weeks actually. And, um, uh, a couple weeks into the experience, we learned that the viral pneumonia was actually a bacterial pneumonia called PCP, uh, which is typically only acquired by people with compromised immune systems. Um, so then it was a matter of figuring out how he was able to get it. And um, we learned that he actually has a condition called a uh, genetic condition called hyper IgM syndrome, uh, which basically means his immune system. Well, it does mean his immune system doesn't work at all. So now we are in the process of, um, uh, moving toward uh, bone marrow transplant at this point um, at the University of Minnesota uh, hospital, uh, Amplatz Children's Hospital here in the Twin Cities. So it's been a pretty emotional and uh, physically exhausting <laughs> ride for the last 42 days. Um, you know, we're kind of at the point now where it's just like, you know, for, for the longest time, there were a lot of unanswered questions. We didn't know what he had. We didn't know what was going on. But now that we do, it's like we're looking forward and staying positive and strong. So that's good. Um, but that all brings me to um, talking about my wife and kind of how I observed her using uh, mobile devices and, and still still to this day um, throughout this experience. And um, 
you know, early on when we were still like when, when I, as I was saying, we had a lot of unanswered questions and we were trying to figure things out and we were doing research in addition to, um, you know, what all the specialists were doing to try to figure things out, um, or just to learn more about what they were figuring out and telling us. Um, and, uh, it was, you know, I, me, I'm the kind of guy who I, you know, I need to have my laptop and my iPad and my phone with me almost at all times, especially through something like this. So I just feel like I have the tools mm-hmm. I need to find information that I'm looking for. Um, and I remember one of the nights when I had come back home and was picking up some more stuff to bring back to the hospital, I'd asked my wife if she wanted me to bring her, uh, her laptop. And she, her response was kind of like, I, I don't know why I would need that. You know, she had her, she's got her phone, um, her iPhone, uh, which, you know, had to me was amazing. So it's like, I feel mm-hmm. like if I'm going to be doing research, uh, you know, looking up things like, uh, you know, on, on WebMD or from the Mayo or from, um, you know, wherever that I want to have a fairly large screen and, you know, the ability to read things very easily. But, um, I, you know, she was just, she was like, I don't, I don't, you know, I can, I can do all that on my phone. Why do I need my computer? So mm-hmm. it was, it was just a very, you know, there's, there's been a number of eye opening experiences like that, um, over the years, uh, last couple of years, especially, but that was one where I was like, wow, that's really fascinating. And she was really doing a lot of serious, um, digging and research. It wasn't like she was not doing it because she had her phone. Right. She was like literally using that as, as a communications tool, you know, texting and on Facebook constantly to keep people updated and, and, and researching things online and looking all this stuff up. So it was so just, she, um, it was, it was interesting. So she hardly ever uses her laptop at all then, huh? Uh, well she, she, yeah, you know, not a whole lot. I mean, she'll use it at home. She, it, we did get to the point where she did want to have it there, um, especially once we learned what he had and we really had to, you know, dig in even, even more right. on a few things. And we had to, we, then we were filling some, we were filling out certain things online that needed to be filled out. And at that point, um, there were just some things that were not very mobile friendly that we needed to do and, and needed to use. So then computers came into the, uh, into the picture a little more powerfully or became a little more important. Um, but up to that point, and still, even even during and after that, I mean, her phone has really been her primary um, communication and research tool mm-hmm. throughout this experience. So, yeah, and our little guy is still in the hospital uh, today, though it sounds like within the last, it sounds like about 15 hours ago, he was has finally come off of oxygen and is uh, able to not desaturate uh, his, his oxygen level doesn't desat super quick as soon as, you know, so he's, he's, he's been off and hopefully we'll stay off now because he's been on oxygen Yay. for the last 42 days. So yeah, that's great news. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So uh, hopefully, you know, the whole, the bone marrow transplant, um, arrangement yeah, at this point, it'll take a few months before he'd be able to get in, um, to have that done. Um, so we're hoping that we'll be able to have him home for a little while and not have to be living in the hospital, uh, continuously for the next couple months because 42 days has been enough time and we're going to have to be in the hospital (laughs) for um more than that after the transplant and before it so well that's a that's a long that's a long time it certainly is it is interesting as you you talk about um your wife and how she uses it but it's interesting to think of you know your in her case her mobile device it is that connection to your family and friends and it's your 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 research tool, and in a, in a setting like a hospital where you're you know you're looking after your son, and then you're you're moving around a lot. It's just nice mm-hmm. to know you've got that you know 
right with you. Um, and it's just, it's, it's kind of neat to see that, you know, the mindset of like, yeah, that, that's all I need <laughs> essentially. Yeah. Um, pretty cool. Yeah. It must be, I mean, it's obviously super convenient for her to use as opposed to even though opening a laptop and logging in isn't a huge pain. I mean, just the convenience of using, you know, your mobile phone. I feel like even within the last few months, the degree to which I've started using my mobile phone as opposed to opening up my laptop has definitely increased. So I just think it's interesting, you know, for example, like if this was, if this would have happened to you guys like a year ago, you know, how different that would be, you know, for her experience wise. So it's just, yeah, you know, it totally ties into that conversation we were just having about mobile usage, but just how easy it is for people to be able to access the things they need, you know, like especially for Glenn A, obviously in her situation, but yeah. Right, right. No, and I, and really, I mean, seriously, when I watch her use it, she's probably at this point more efficient on that than she is on, you know, her computer. I mean, she types so damn mm-hmm. fast on that thing. <laughs> <laughs> little t-rex fingers and she's out yeah yeah exactly and she's sending me links to stuff all the time these different different articles on different conditions to to check out and learn about so you know and there's so i mean it's it's your camera it's your communication device i mean it's mm-hmm. it's everything it's 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 so much that your computer is not and could never yeah, you know so and true. will never be so yeah and it's at your fingertips i mean you don't have to flip it out and you know and, and flip it open and get connected to the internet you just you know, push a button and it's on mm-hmm. and it's going and it's doing what you need it to do. Yeah, that's so true. So well, I'm yeah, sure that's... you will have a million healthcare experiences to share with us. over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In, it's insights um... like that, that, you know, you never know if you never know you would use it that way if, if you weren't in that situation. So, right. Right. No, I've never, you know, I've, I've been to the doctor for things in the past, but never in a million years thought I would be, you know, going through something like this on this, at this level. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's uh, definitely been an eye opening experience on many levels um, in terms of how the health care industry works and um, you know, just, just, you know, how, how patients experience uh, something as serious as this. So no, for sure, definitely a, va- you know, a valuable experience as a healthcare marketer. Um, but you know, not one you want to have to go through if you can avoid it, obviously. Mm-hmm. Well, we're rooting for you guys. <laughs> we are pulling for you, man. <laughs> well, and the, I should say the good news is that he actually has many, many, in, in the words of, of the, the, the person who, um, from the U who does the, uh, the, the matching, um, for donors for bone marrow, he has many, 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 many matches. So, um, Mm -hmm. you know, I know a lot of people end up not, well, I shouldn't say a lot. I know some people end up not having a match and end up waiting, um, or have a match that's not ideal, um, and have to try to, you know, move forward with that. Um, or not perfect, I should say, but in this case, it sounds like he's, he's got a, a number of, um, really good, uh, options. Um, so now it's a matter of reaching out to the people and making sure they're still, able to donate and, and, uh, willing and, um, moving forward after that. So, so that's oh. that. <laughs> <laughs> so what else? Something, how, how do about we transition into something I less know. serious? <laughs> so now what? How do you segue out of something like that? Yeah. We'll uh, see you next segue week. From that to YouTube, <laughs> to YouTube. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we do but, have one so more I, little nugget. I think Katie dug this one up uh, this week, but there was so there's an article on Forbes. Let me find it. 
Can Google convince teens to pay for YouTube videos? Uh, I don't know. Probably. I guess we'll I guess we'll see. So YouTube is launching or has been working on for a while. And I think they I think this has maybe been out for at least a little while on some level. But they've got channels now that are, are subscription based where you pay, I don't know, like a dollar or two, three dollars a month, something like that. It's a small fee. It's not much. Um, to subscribe mm-hmm. to pro- premium content, I guess. And a lot of the stuff, um, at least a sample, the ones that are thrown out here in this uh, article from Forbes, I am not familiar. I am familiar with one name. The only name here, channel that I'm familiar with is Ray William Johnson, who does, uh, he's got a show called, I think it's like minus three or something, or equals three or something like that. Um but he just talks. He's he's he comes on and talks about internet memes, or things that have happened online over the last week. Um, and he's kind of a card funny guy. He's a little obnoxious as well. I, well, probably a lot obnoxious, depending on your tolerance for obnoxious people. Um, <laughs> uh, so that's the only one I know. I you know I've I've seen him in the past. I would say he's he's entertaining, but I don't know that like that I personally would. But I'm, I'm not a teen either. Um, that I would pay two or three dollars a month to be able to watch him rant about internet memes and things that have happened online. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that teenagers would either. I mean, I think to me, part of the the reason that there's been success in this area is that that content has not been behind a paywall of any sort. Um, yeah. And I think that's appealing to the demographic that watches it or experiences it. Um, they, they have identified that that the main audience for some of these channels is teenagers. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. Can they convince Google or can they convince uh, can, can YouTube and Google convince teens to pay for this stuff? I don't know. I would say personally for me, there probably would be some content I'd pay for. I do have a couple of subscriptions to um, not video content, but text um, content. That's kind of a uh, more of like freelance of nature. It doesn't come from like the New York times. It comes from more uh, you know, smaller uh, resources who I just believe in supporting um, financially mm-hmm. because they write great content they talk about very interesting things. Um, so I, yeah, I, w- I would pay for something, I guess, if it, if it fit that criteria, you know, interesting and valuable and actually, you know, was either enter- entertaining mm-hmm. me on some level or, or teaching me something. Well, and um, you know, if, it, if it's know. something you guys? can't find, sorry, Adam, if it's, if it's something you can't find elsewhere, you know, I mean, that's, that's the other thing. I mean, if these channels are literally, like the one you were describing, Adam, it sounded like that was one person yeah. who kind of talks to people. I mean, that's probably something you're not going to be able to find anywhere else. And if you really enjoy following him, then maybe you would pay for that. But if it's, you know, if there are things that you can find elsewhere on the Internet, I mean, I think of I don't think Hulu charges, for example. Right. Uh, so, well, there's there's free Hulu and then there's premium Hulu. Um, without advertisements. Yeah. Yeah. The premium Hulu, I know you get access to like the back catalog of like all of of shows. So like if you liked parenthood, for example, and you wanted to go back to season one and watch everything up till, you know, the last, whatever the last season was, um, Mm -hmm. you'd be able to do that with a premium subscription. I do not believe you'd be able to do that now with a standard free subscription. Now, even paying for Hulu, you still have ads. Um, it doesn't get rid of ads, you know, kind of like cable oh, okay. TV, you pay a, you know, depending on what you have, you have like satellite or, or digital cable and you pay like a hundred dollars a month or something or more. Um, and you still have to sit through advertisements no matter, you know, unless you're on, unless you're on HBO or Showtime or something. Um, okay. so I don't know if YouTube's going to continue to work that way as well. Um, I suspect yeah, yeah. they probably would. 
It'll be it's interesting because on the there. one thing about you know the Hulu's and the the Netflix of the world, I mean, the the access you get in terms of content is pretty great, and so you have a lot of choice. So, mm-hmm. you know, at least from what we're looking at here, if they're going to start to pay even a small amount for some of these programs, it's just one channel, right? You know, and I think for this audience, especially teens, you know, they, you know, they've pretty much had access to free content everywhere, you know, yeah, all the time. True. So that would be, that's a pretty big shift, even though it's a small amount. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll, it'll be interesting to see. How yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's worth, it's worth exploring. And I, I, mm-hmm. I appreciate this, especially if, if some of this, if the revenue, or at least a good chunk of the revenue is going to go back to the, to the people who are creating the content. Um, right. And I suspect it will be, it'll be an arrangement between um, YouTube and that, and that uh, artist, I guess, for lack of a better word or con- content creator, I should say, um, mm-hmm. to, it'll be, an, it'll be a, a, you know, a professional arrangement on some level. I'm not sure what the percentage would be probably, you know, whether it's 50, 50 or 70, 30 kind of thing, kind of like what Apple does with the, with app developers. Um, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I, I can't really say that there is stuff. Well, I shouldn't say that there, there is some video content that I've considered some, there's a couple of, there's like, you know, as a guitarist, there's, there's this, there's a, there's a dude on, on a website called Stevie Snacks who, who sells these kind of Stevie Ray Vaughan focused um, uh, uh, lessons on blues guitar. Um, and it's, it's fascinating to sit down and get some nice close-ups of the way he plays these licks and uh, shows you some of the little tricks and, and secrets to get the right kind of sound and stuff. Um, that's something I would pay for, but that's more, you know, I'm buying it directly from him uh, if I were to, to, to pay for it in that case. Um, but I could see someone like him potentially finding value in, I mean, he mm-hmm. uses YouTube to deliver, to deliver samples, free samples of his content. Um, but th- this could potentially be a way for someone like him to offer subscriptions through, through, through that channel instead. So I don't know. I don't know. I think there definitely are, are things I would pay for. Um, I just haven't seen anything on YouTube specifically yet that I would pay for, but yeah, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say there never would be because there certainly could be at some point. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Definitely. Yeah. All right. What else? Cool. I think that's it. We're at actually about a half hour, so we could probably end it there. Sure. All right. Well, thanks for joining us, everyone. Until next time, yes. this is Adam Meyer. Robert Prevo. And Jackie Ritaco. And we'll catch you on the next one. On the flip side. So long. <laughs> Peace. Bye.